Oh man, just just trying to get through the day. <laughs> um. Well, this is recorded, so we can just kind of get going um, whenever. Um, we're going to focus mostly on golf today. We're, we're going to try and nix the other sports, see how that does, see what kind of happens with it. Um, so if you're listening to this on the replay, I know that nobody's in here just yet, you can hit the share button. We'd certainly appreciate it. You can hit the retweet button. If you listen to it here, if you listen to it on our podcast, you can hit the share button there too and share this with your network, whether that be on Facebook, whether that be on Twitter, wherever you uh, – happen to have people that might be interested in this we would certainly appreciate your uh, your share so we have an event this weekend attorney this weekend the wells fargo championship there's adam adam how you doing good good how are you guys doing doing well doing well Sarah. um we have an event this weekend the wells fargo championship um like i said we say this often but this is recorded so people can kind of listen back whenever but let's talk about uh let's talk about it what uh what are some early thoughts i'll let you guys kind of bounce this back and forth um and discuss it you guys are the golf experts i have very little to provide here (laughs) (laughs) yeah not uh you know early thoughts is it's a bummer that this course is not at quail hollow the usual venue for the wells fargo um, cause that's just a beautiful course, excellent test. And this is, you know, TPC Potomac is it's a TPC course. It's of all the courses that, you know, I covered, um, in tournaments I was at, that course was one of the least memorable, nothing wrong with it, particularly just not that exciting, not very interesting. And, um, yeah, the, it was like the third time in the past six years that it hasn't been a quill hollow because of the, this time it's due to the president's cup. They're hosting there in Charlotte uh, later in 2022. They're still getting ready. So we're at TPC Potomac. Um, quick rundown of the course. It can play pretty difficult. The winning score was seven under par a couple years ago. It used to host the Quicken Loans National. A uh, lot of trouble off the tee if you're not careful. And uh, really a distance not that important this week. It's only 7,100 yards, par 70 and might have some weather over the weekend. It's looking like rain in the forecast. So uh, definitely got some ideas about how to attack this course. Um, Just right off the bat, I'm thinking got to be accurate off the tee and got to play your irons well. I don't think putting matters as much this week because it is going to be wet. I think the greens could soften up a little bit, slow those down. Um, Adam, I don't know what you see at this course or what kind of guys you're targeting, but that's basically it for me. I mean, not, you know, distance, not a priority. Got to be in the fairway this week. And then I like the Irons players. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly where I was going uh, as well. Um, you know, it's it's a par 70, so it's not a par 72, but it is a short course. Uh, if you don't hit it straight off the tee, you're in trouble. So tee accuracy is not usually a category that you look at, um, but it's, it's no. what I actually looked at this week. Um, so I think that was good. Like you said, um, you know, getting it, you know, if, if you get in the rough, you, you could be in trouble. If you, if you hit it straight and, you know, you don't have to hit it that far and then just get it on the green. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, I think, I think putting, not necessarily a wash, but, um, you know, if the greens are soft, um, that's going to help. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think we're on the same late wavelength here. Um, Rory McIlroy is back. He's the, he's the favorite. He's kind of a o- almost John Rom esque favorite. 
um, from last week. You know, Rama's yeah. a, a ridiculous, ridiculous favorite last week at the Mexico Open, and he won it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. And now Rory's uh, not quite approaching that, but he's in the he's in the triple digits. The only one in the triple is about what plus seven hundred, eighty-five hundred. He's a eighty-five hundred now. now. Yeah, and then most of the most of the other contenders are around plus two thousand. So he's a you know he's definitely the this the strong favorite. You know, usually you stay away from those guys and and pack up, you know, with a with a bunch of other contenders. But as Rom showed us last week, uh, that's not always the best focus. But yeah, I think we're on the same wavelength as far as uh, what categories to look at, what makes a good golfer on this course, uh, and it's hosted a lot of PGA events. Um, Booz Allen. Was there over twenty years? It's uh, you know hosted a couple other a, a couple other tournaments, so most of the players should be at least somewhat familiar uh, with the layout. You'd think. Uh, I'm wondering if TJ has ever attended the Valspar Championship down in Tampa. I've been once. I went. Uh, I went when Tiger finished second. So that was like twenty six. Yeah, 20, 2018. I was. I was, uh, I was there as well. Yeah, that was a fun one. I went on Sunday too, so I, I have some really. I followed him for the first few holes. So, like, I think I went to two and then four and then six. It's kind of have to leapfrog to follow somebody to be able to see anything. So, um, yeah, and then I stopped following him. It was just like, <laughs> all right, I want to see some other stuff. I was tired of the crowds. So I was yeah, back to Hooters tent. Uh, there you go. But, yeah, I was there. That is a good Hooters tent at the Valspar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was good. I, I kind of see it like exactly like Adam said, just trouble off the tee, which is – Similar to Valspar, it's a difficult course, and the bombers are not necessarily rewarded, which Adam touched on exactly. Um, that That's not the case most weeks on tour anymore, just the way they set these courses up. I therefore try not to fall into a pattern of, like, there's certain guys who are not long at all that you rarely take. I don't want to take shorter hitters just because this feels like a week where they can contend. Um, but you know, inevitably you do land on some of those guys because this is a totally different course. So I'm just going to give out my, uh, like my favorite top guys for the week, um, in terms of DFS top 10 finish to win. These are, you know, my favorite in the upper echelon. And then Adam can counter with his top guys and we'll go to some more reasonably priced fellows down the board, um, of which there are many this week. Like it. It's crazy to, you know, there's some big names at the top with Rory and uh, Leishman. Corey Connors, a huge name in DFS circles, probably not so much uh, outside of them. And then, yeah, it's just, you know, it's like there's 100 guys who all feel like they're kind of in the same range this week. But to start it out with the big dogs, Matthew Fitzpatrick was uh, the first guy I landed on at 20 to 1. He's been top 10 in four of his last seven starts. He's been top 20 in six of his last seven starts. Adam, I know you like those top 20s. Fitzpatrick could be a target this week. Um, Terrific ball striker. He doesn't always show up for the bigger tournaments, but the field isn't that deep this week. He's accurate off the tee, playing well, and seems like the perfect player to go low this week. Kind of in the same mold of the big dogs. And again, big dogs a relative term this week. Uh, Russell Henley at twenty to one, very straight off the tee and first on tour in strokes gained approach. That's the perfect combination you're looking for at this course. And it feels like a week where Henley could really separate himself. Uh, he's ninety three hundred 
for DFS. He's probably going to be a really popular guy this week. Uh, but in terms of like a top 10 bet or a top five, I like that a lot for, uh, for Henley. Adam, who are some of the guys that you're looking at uh, near the top of the board? <laughs> well, you're not going to believe it. Um, <laughs> Russell Henley was my number one uh, guy. Um, you know, he's playing well right now. You know, he, uh, he's actually made the cut in 12 of 13 events. Uh, it was 12 straight before the RBC uh, where he just missed the cut, uh, not too far. But like you said, he, he's number one on the tour in approach. Um, his accuracy off the tee is 26th. That's definitely good enough here. And putting-wise, he's fine. Uh, he's not in a complete abomination. There's some other guys I looked at that were good in a lot of categories, and then you get the putting, and you don't want those guys that are you know 175th. You know they can do everything but putt because uh, they're still gonna you know they're still gonna do everything but putt. Um, so Russell Henley, uh, was my top guy and Matt Fitzpatrick, um, uh, was my, one of my other top guys. You he's know? a, yeah. How about that? Um, you know, he's made of, he's, uh, you know, he finished what fifth at Valspar 14th at the masters, five of his last seven events, top 10. So, you know, in terms of consistency, regardless of where you're at, you know, he's been a top 10 kind of guy lately. And now you're at a course that actually plays with strikes. So I think uh, those are two of my favorite guys. Uh, Webb Simpson is another one I've kind of looked at. He actually, he's more of a value play right now. Um, you know, he's struggled lately. He's, uh, you know, he's made the cut eight out of 10. He's a guy that you could look at as a top 40 type of play if you want. Um, he's not competing for championships, but he's making cuts. He's finishing in the 35th to 50th range. But I think this course kind of plays to his advantages as well. Those are some of the top guys, at least the guys closer to the top. Uh, Henley and Fitzpatrick, especially. Those are those are my two top plays for the day as well, for this weekend. It's funny because uh, Webb, like, so he lives on uh, Quail Hollow, where they usually play this tournament, and he's always great there. But it does seem to me like he is better suited for this course. I think you're absolutely right, just with his strengths and i don't think many people are going to be playing him at 8100 unless they think the uh wells fargo history means tpc potomac history which it does not as we've covered so be six for six this feels like a week where it's going to be very difficult to go six for six on cuts made because i think there's going to be a lot of guys from from the bottom uh, rising up and just I, it's a good to me it's a good week to take a couple really long shots I mean as I was going down the board like most of my plays are like are in the 100 to 1 150 to 1 range just because it's wide open in my opinion um, uh, the guys I'm looking at like for further down the board in that next tier I didn't pull the trigger on Webb. Um, I do like Matt Kuchar at 50 to 1 Again, just his time, kind of course, old man game. And the last three starts, like, he's sneakily coming back. He missed the Masters uh, for the first time in a while, and I know that's has to eat at him. But T16 at the Valspar, T2 at the Valero, and T3 at the RBC Heritage in his last three starts. So he's taking some time off. I think that rust could help him, um, as I always do with guys who are getting up there toward their 40s. So, He's not going to be in too much trouble off the tee. I believe Matt will almost certainly make the cut and would be a good DFS play. Same thing for Joel Damon. Uh, nothing really I don't like about J Damon other than the bucket hat. Bucket hat's a little played out at this point. But 
otherwise, he played really well here in 2018. He's a strong Irons player, and he's 60 to 1 this week. I think that's fair value, and people have kind of forgotten that he's a really good ball striker who can contend on the right week when the putter gets hot. So that's what I'm hoping is that uh, Kucher and Joel Damon can do what they always do and then just make a few putts. Yeah, I got some guys uh, further down for sure. And Webb Simpson, you know, he's oh, not I'm a guy. Way I'm, for, I'm going way further down for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how we'll see how the the depths the depths of the of the chart. Like Webb is a guy. I'm not playing him top twenty or top forty either. But he's matched up. Uh, if you go uh, like I was looking at DraftKings, uh, matched up against Jonathan Vegas, and you know Vegas has a lot of strength, but one of them is not hitting straight off the tee. Uh, he's in the 125, 130th range on the tour. So, um, you know, Webb, just make the cut. Plus 100 to beat Vegas. Um, I think uh, I think Vegas is is kind of due to hopefully uh, struggle a little bit, and Simpson just needs to make the cut. Uh, I could see that happening here. So plus 100 for him. But as far as other guys go, um, most of my other guys are, are kind of bargain basement guys. Troy Merritt. Um, he's a guy who, you know, he, speaking of making cuts, he's 11 of 14. Uh, he was 12th at the RBC fourth at the Texas open. Um, so he's playing all right. His T accuracy is, is kind of the one concern. He's still top 100, um, barely top 100, but he's top 100. Nate Lashley, uh, he's finished top 20 in three of his last four events. Um, you know, he's a, he's just kind of steady right now and steady might, might do the trick on a course like this. So. Middle of the pack guys, those are my middle lower guys. Brian Stewart, only because he's second in T accuracy. Um, I like that mark and, and other you know other things such as uh, approach and putting. He's you know top sixty, top seventy five uh, in, in a lot of the other important categories. That's a top forty type of play. Top twenty you can get it for plus four fifty. Uh, top forty slightly lower odds, obviously, but. Um, you know, still still worth a flyer, I think, on Stewart. Those are some of my uh, mid to lower tier guys. I'm curious to hear, hear who your lower guys are because I'm guessing you're going bargain basement. Yeah, and I don't think you'll have heard of most of them. Uh, or <laughs> any anyone will, for that matter. Um, no, I do like the Stewart play. I was on him last week. I really liked him last week, and I think I might have just been a week early. He's T42. He's fine, but you know, getting ready now to peak in uh, in the greater DC area. Brian Stewart. I've got a guy older than him, I'll tell you that. At 200 to 1, Ryan Armour. He is 46 years old. And he's that's that's a T-accuracy guy right there, for sure. <laughs> exactly. He's, uh, I believe he's first on tour in driving accuracy, which is, you should be at 46 years old. Um, but he still had four top 10s last year, and he was solo second here when he played it in 2018. Just that cautious old man game. I'm going to throw something on him. He's uh, 16 to one for a top 10. I like that. And I definitely like him in DFS. He's going at 6,800. So I don't expect many people to be on him this week, but it's worth, uh, it's worth a shot. I mean, this is really like a course fit week. So we've got him at 200 to one. Also uh, Alex Smalley on the other end of the spectrum. He was 25 uh, Duke grad and just hit it great in Mexico last week. The tee to green stats were phenomenal. And he's got two top tens the last two months. He was T6 in Mexico, relatively straight off the tee. I'm not sure exactly what he is, but it was kind of like you said in that 
90 to 100 range, that's not terrible. I mean, that's we can deal with that. Um, don't want to go too much higher, but I think he's straight enough off the tee that I like him. And I did talk myself out of Ricky Fowler uh, at 130 to 1. He has played well here, um, and the putting shouldn't matter that much. You think the guy's got to turn it around, but he's so lost off the tee right now and getting in way too much trouble with the driver. This is just not a course where I think he's going to have that epiphany. Uh, Jordan Spieth, uh, at the, wherever he broke out of slump, whether it was the Valero or somewhere in Texas, Spieth broke out of it. But, yeah, I, I think I'm fading Ricky at 130, and it's getting – I don't know. Get kind of sad watching Richard Fowler out there. Yeah, he's a he went from you know national you know lover boy to you don't even realize he's out there until they you know show him have a nice approach shot. It's like, oh, Ricky Fowler. Oh, there he is. Oh. Well, it's not. He's not in the majors anymore. I mean, you know, he's going for <laughs> right, qualifying yeah. for the U.S. Open. He got an exemption to the PGA last year. Like, yeah. Another, okay, another weird thing. I just wanted to I wanted to bring up um, that seems weird to me i was looking at the pga championship odds okay for southern hills and ricky fowler and Corey connors have identical odds for the pga championship right now i believe they are both at 50 to 1 but on this you know, uh... on, on this odd board connors at the top fowler's at the very bottom so i don't know what odds makers are seeing with Fowler at Southern Hills. Maybe it's simply a matter of fact that like so much of this field is bloated, but that was really weird to me that Connors and Fowler were priced the same for the PGA. Well, I know Connors because I, I looked it up. You know, his his putting is is quite subpar. So maybe you know I could see especially for if you, if that were a U.S. Open, I think that would be maybe the the rationale behind that. Uh, PGA wise, I don't I don't know what. Uh, I haven't looked enough at that course yet to know if that might be the reason. Otherwise, uh, you know, maybe it's just because Fowler is kind of like the New York Giants of uh, of betting. Like more more money goes on him for no reason than uh, than other guys. Yeah, it could be. And the the putting, like the PGA, can kind of turn into a birdie fest. Just who makes the most twenty twenty five foot putts, and it's really become maybe my second favorite major. I never would have said that and put it over the U.S. Open or the British Open a couple of years ago, but they've had some really fun courses, some really fun setups. And, uh, you know, the if we got Spieth going for the career Grand Slam. We saw Phil win last year. Like the PGA has brought it strong. And the U.S. Open has been kind of putting me to sleep lately. So I'm fired up for the PGA Championship in a couple of weeks. But we got to keep grinding through these, uh, you know, your Wells Fargo, your uh, – what we got next week? Yeah. Now your your Mexico opens and <laughs> that was, yeah, that was not uh, that was not the best. I didn't even see the bridge. Did anyone see the world's largest golf course suspension? No, bridge? I didn't either. I, I forgot all about it um, after we had talked about it last week, and then I didn't even uh, didn't didn't even catch a glimpse of it. That's bogus, man. <laughs> oh man, uh, who we get? No, who? Is, what is it next week? I'm sure it's the. Uh, had it right here. Uh, That's good because I don't. <laughs> we're coming up on the memorial. Oh, it's the Byron Nelson. That's right. Oh, so we got the Byron Nelson next week, then PGA Championship. PGA Championship board is pretty wild. Um, I haven't thought all that far ahead. I don't think I'm going to be taking speed with the way he's been putting lately. 
yeah, I, uh, Spieth still has to prove it. Um, you know, he was gone for so long uh, as far as a contender, um, which did, you know, I don't know if it was complacency or <laughs> just putting, um, but now he's kind of, he's kind of refocused. He's a little older maybe. And, uh, you know, he, he looks like he's back on the right track, but seeing is believing. I finally get the appeal for why people love watching and betting on Jordan Speed so much. Just the it is an absolute roller coaster from start to finish, and he is battling <laughs> every sort of mental demon you could imagine. It's it's hard to watch at times, but the payoffs are just spectacular. Like you get him and Greller going at it for two and a half minutes on a certain shot, and Speed has talked himself in and out of it eight times. Uh, that's that's the good stuff. He's a hard guy to bet. You never like. I feel like you never know when Spieth is gonna pop out for a top five or win, and you never know when he's gonna go out there and shoot seventy nine, eighty, and be done. You know, Thursday morning. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I I did back George Spieth on anything. Or Masters. Fowler, oh, Fowler. No, I think I did one. I think I <laughs> I had one of those like. You know, he's definitely due this time weeks, and it didn't work out. I I don't know. I, I'm still thinking about maybe throwing him in a DFS lineup just so I'm not kicking myself. When you – when you yeah, exactly. I like the Armour pick. I think that I think he's a good – you know, when you're talking a, a sub-7,000 uh, price on a guy who's number one in the most important category for this field, for this tournament, for this course – uh, that that's a steal right there. You're gonna there's gonna be some big numbers. I mean, it is a very difficult course. We should also mention that uh, tee times could be important. There's gonna be some heavy rain. Don't know exactly when it's uh, going to divide in terms of early, late tee times, but definitely want to keep an eye on tee times for the fantasy because I think the weather is going to uh, create an advantage for one of the waves. Now we just have to wait and uh, find out which one that is, which hopefully I usually check the forecast for like Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon before locking in the lineups and sometimes have to pivot. But you know, there's so many fits. No, go ahead. Is neither one of us, neither one of us jumping on uh, Rory? I mean, like, it feels like a, just when we're doing these spaces, I don't want to get up here every week and just go, oh, bet Rory, bet John Rahm. But this week it might be stupid not to take Rory, you're right. Uh, maybe he has a hedge. What do you do? <laughs> this is his first start since the Masters, right? Right. It's probably, I don't think he's playing next week. So this is, you know, he's been building toward the PGA. This is kind of the final tune-up. Um, I don't know how great. Right. Yeah, I don't know how much he's going to like the course, but at least he's familiar with the weather. Um, it'll it'll be an Irish weekend for sure with cool temps. And oh, it'd be fun to see Rory get, another win and create some more major drama because right now there's so many individual storylines there's not like a running narrative going into these majors it just feels like you know 12 different guys are interesting for their own reasons um and we're seeing just more and more guys get up to the top of the betting board who you know people are very interested in and who have a legitimate chance to win because these fields are just getting crazy deep with talent Speaking of uh, speaking of talent and usually contending, do you see a DeChambeau's band picture that he put out there? Of no, did he post his, a picture of the injury? He, po- he posted disgusting. It, it, I, I don't know how he's going to swing a club at, in any foreseeable future. It's a huge, thick, just gash. 
And he's uh, like right up there on the PGA Championship board still. He's right there with Dustin Johnson and Colin I mean, Morikawa. That's dumb. And, and his hands, by the way, are the size of uh, like oven mitts. They're just huge. Like just <laughs> big, at... fat, mega fingers. And... We put on like this... 60 pounds over, you know, in, in six months. I mean, <laughs> over, it's got to go somewhere, over. right? You didn't have a huge frame. He was... Yeah. yeah, he looked. Uh, he looked Remember, like the old school Popeye commercials where we would like eat spinach and then like the bulges would like <laughs> shoot out of the arm, through the arms, exactly. down to the wrist, and then come back to the forearms. That's kind of maybe that's what Bryson did. That's exactly what it was. I mean, I heard him ahead of uh, the Masters talking about all the physical ailment. It's just like no shit. Like, what have you been? You know, you've been putting on crazy muscle, swinging as fast as you can, playing long drive, and I understand. You know, just for him, he probably has one of those minds or brains that gets very hyper-focused on things and always needs something drastic and extreme to be thinking about. So I'm not like saying that he shouldn't have done it. It was very interesting, but I, it took a physical toll on him in a hurry. And we've seen with Tiger with the back stuff. I don't, it looked like at a time last year, DeChambeau was just going to be favored for every major for months. And he was going to go on a Tiger-esque run I mean, I bet him to win the Rocket Mortgage. I think he was at five. So again, a ridiculous price, and I still took it, and he still won. Um, and he was going to the moon, and then he just decided, you know, now was the time to drastically change everything he'd ever done, and it paid off in the short term. I don't think it's going to help him in the long term. I really think it's going to be a while before we see him contend at a major again. Yeah, you see a, a lot of injuries with guys who use steroids. I mean, uh, change their athletic, <laughs> uh, use drink powder, uh, use trainers. Yeah, Brooks Kepka seems to be getting hurt a lot these days. It's weird. Oh, I'm sorry. We, we have Florida State in the office. No, no Brooks Kepka. Yo, relax. Relax. No slander. <laughs> no All right, at that point, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. <laughs> he just looked now. He looked a bunch of these guys. All right. Is that all we have? Yeah, it takes, yeah. you know, if anyone listening wanted to ask a question or two, I'd be happy to do that. Otherwise, uh, you can get out of your hair and, you know, we got bigger fish to fry with the PGA coming up. But love talking through the DFS just with the tee tights. Uh, there's a lot going into it uh, as opposed to UFC DFS where you're like, who's going to smash this guy's face in and get the 60-second <laughs> finish bonus? Like, who's going to kill? And now it's like you got to think about weather and time of day and hemisphere and altitude and there's so many different factors. It's uh, it's I love the golf DFS because it is just a never-ending search, much like golf itself. You're just constantly tweaking and considering hundred different variables and just trying to put a stupid good lineup out there, or a good swing on the ball. It's yeah. it's a great it's, game. It's definitely my favorite DFS sport. Because you can look at stats, it's one on one, you know, it's mano a mano. You don't have to worry about <laughs> any of those other, uh, you know, weird things that sometimes you know, uh, you know, team sports especially that you have to worry about. Um, yeah, I I love playing DFS golf. I did have a team withdraw from the Zurich on me when I was looking really good. Uh, it was I think it was Neiman. It was Neiman squad. Although he wasn't the guy who got hurt. Higo, his partner. Uh, had the dub D. So that's the one thing, you know, the golf, but it, you know, it's a problem in other sports too. It's just the sort of injury integrity stuff. Like what do you do when lineups lock? And then Paul Casey says 10 minutes before his tee time, I'm out this week. Like it sucks. Right. And I don't, I don't really know what, what the answer is. Maybe that's yeah. 
a topic it is, for another it is what space. It is, I guess. Yeah. it is what it is. That's the favorite or, or expression you find of one of every those, golfer. Uh, you find one of those weekend DFS restart reboot lineups. Oh, I love those contests. Start to feel like it degenerate really when you're looking at the st- the strokes gain stats from the round before, and I do right. love the the quick one hitters there. Uh, we should do yeah for the PGA. We should just like spend the whole show building our perfect DFS lineup. <laughs> we should. We'll each come in with a lineup, then we'll merge it together for one perfect lineup and, and run them all and see what yep. happens. We each get like one veto. I think that'd be good. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. TJ can throw a lineup. I'll follow the lineup. We'll see if the guy who knows nothing can even come close to you guys who are experts. Get the all Seminoles team. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> that would definitely be the kind of thing where, like, week one I would hit really high and then never win another one. Just <laughs> total beginner. I don't, I don't want to compare you to the, the office secretary who wins the March Madness uh, pools, but uh, <laughs> you kind of talk me into it. <laughs> um, Uses mascots to, to fill out her bracket. Yeah, these spiders sound intimidating. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Peacocks, peacocks of St. Peter's. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, that'd been a good one. So, all right, well, good stuff. Um, This was fun. This was a little bit different to do kind of an all golf one. You know, we've got obviously a ton more content that you can go to bookies.com for. Follow these guys. Follow the bookies account. any shout-outs or anything before we get out of here, boys? No, not really. I got my MLB picks coming up for today. Well, I'm, I'm doing well on MLB right now, so ride the wave before it uh, comes to shore. Um, I can tell you some of my – you want to quick go over the top uh, golf picks one last time? Yeah, we can rapid fire those. All right. Um, Russell Henley is my top guy. Uh, top five at plus 400. Uh, to win, you know uh, – I don't know. He doesn't win. <laughs> he doesn't win tournaments, uh, but he's competing. He's competing top 10. He's competing, you know, top 10 is a pretty good number for him. Top five at plus 400 is something I look at uh, as well. Um, I think uh, Merritt, top 20 at plus 160. Lashley, top 20 at plus 450. Those are some I like as well. Fitzpatrick, um, I see him competing, uh, as I know Dan does as well. Minus 110 for a top 20 finish. You could probably go a little higher if you want. And uh, Webb Simpson, just over Jonathan Vegas, head to head, even money for Webb. That's a great matchup, but and we're in agreement on Fitzpatrick and Henley. Should also note that it's been established on this program uh, months ago that if we, we must say that we don't like Corey Connors in order to establish that we don't like him, otherwise it's assumed that we think Corey Connors is going to go out there and win the tournament. So absolutely, that rule is in play. Um, Corey Connors is going to win the tournament. But other than that, we are looking at Fitzpatrick and Henley from the mid-tier guys. Kucher is fifty to one. Joel Damon is sixty to one. And then from the the deep, deep bargain bin dive like getting a toy at the dentist office back in the day. We're going for Ryan Armour at 200 to one, Alex Smalley at 130 to one, staying away from Ricky Fowler at 131. And I don't think I mentioned him, but I'm going to give a touch to uh, Sung Kang as well at 200 to one. Uh, Irons were really good last week and he's played well here before. That's all I got. I took Sun King last week, and he nearly – he couldn't quite get it done for me, but I took him top 20 at plus 700. Ooh. And he made the cut and made a run, um, but didn't quite uh, – didn't quite crack that number. 
No, I did land uh, Cameron Champ on a top ten last week, plus six hundred to my nice. own horn there. Before we get out, I'll have uh, so yeah, I'll have my uh, my play. I always pick one play like that just goes up on the site, and that's that's the play for the people who don't bother to listen to the podcast to get them all in the space, I should say. <laughs> but uh, that will be up uh, within an uh, hour or two over at bookies.com. Yeah, I went uh, I went one and three last week, but plus my one hit was Patrick Rogers top twenty at plus four fifty. That's so, a nice one. Kept me in the green. Four fifty for a top twenty is a good price. Yeah, and he finished like what top ten actually. He ended up finishing. Strokes to spare. Love it. All right, good stuff. Check all this out and more at bookies.com. If you missed any part of this, it's recorded here on Twitter, so you can check it out there, or I'll put it on our podcast um, streaming services, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all of those. We'll have it within the next hour. Gentlemen, thank you for hanging out today. We'll talk again soon. Good luck.